I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? Hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 12 and preview of round 13. This episode is brought to you by the Academy for Penalty Kicks, teaching the MLS player in your life how to score the most difficult kick in soccer. Uh, no, no, no. Um, actually, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I am joined by a great group of co-hosts, a lot of familiar names here. We have Mike Denton, Jason Wiskovich, Blaine Riffle, and our special guest, fantasy expert and Patreon member, Calvin, a.k.a. Bit Nomad. How are you all doing tonight? Hello, friends. Doing well. Doing well. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to have you on here, Calvin. Well, guys, you know, we had a lot of chat before the podcast started about round 12. A crazy round in general, I must say. Let's start out with how well your teams did. Jason? Yeah. Sorry, I was pulling up the, uh, the rundown. Um, I got 146 points. Um, Captain Ladero, which was a massive fail. Um, <laughs> did bring in uh, Rusnak, which really helped me out. Um, but Dwyer and Dempsey were absolutely atrocious up top. I don't know why I tried to pick a differential like that when um, Nico was just on fire. But um, I still went up, I think, five or six uh, ranks overall. So I'm sitting at 108th overall. So can't complain. Pretty stoked. Well, I also did uh, the Dwyer, Dempsey, Captain Ladero, but I didn't have Rusnak, so I had Red Arrows with 123. Thankfully, David V's brace at the end kind of redeemed uh, the uh, points for me, so I didn't fall too hard. But um, yeah, Clint Dempsey penalty miss. Come on, man. Um, I ended on 144 points also with that... Uh a seven-point Dempsey penalty kick miss. Um, it's a little disappointing because I've been on this crazy run of round rank 135, round rank 14, round rank 10, and round rank 20 that jumped me into the top 10. So landing at, you know, 1,400 is kind of disappointed. I ended up with a lot of gray arrows, still the same, uh, ninth overall, but lost uh, six points on the, the overall leader. Yeah, I had 143 this week, and I was fairly happy with the way my team performed, except I didn't grab any of the Chicago defense, which really hurt, and then no Youngworth to go with it. So getting double-digit scores basically across the back in the defense and kind of hovering put, I think I dropped eight points or eight spots overall, but kind of treaded water this round, which uh, I'll take it. Like I said at the beginning, well, right before the beginning of the show, it's it's rare, I think, that you get, for myself this kind of time, 135 points and think, crap. Uh, that's what happened to me. I got 135 points, fairly happy with my team. Uh, I had Godoy and Dempsey, so I fell into the trap of a couple of guys who did not work out. A couple of guys did not play two games that, that I thought would play two games. Uh, not Dempsey, but Godoy, definitely one I thought 
would get close to 190. Uh, all red arrows. Well, not a couple of green arrows in my head-to-heads and a couple of gray ones. Same thing. Um, the thing that impressed me the most when I look at the Dream Team, sometimes I look at the Dream Team and I think, wow, that's that's a group of guys that I would not necessarily have thought to throw together. But when I look at the Dream Team for round 12, I think, yeah, yeah, that's that's totally a team that that I could see happening. Uh, and especially when I look at the highest scoring overall, I'm like, yeah, that's that's a solid team. Good job. Good job with that. So uh, a lot of Chicago in the dream team this week. So that's that's a great thing if you're your Chicago fan enjoying the little win streak that they're on. Uh, so, guys, what are some general thoughts that you had about this game round? Uh, let's just start out first with were you happy with the way the double game week teams performed? Anybody? Absolutely. Chicago. I mean, Chicago is amazing at home, atrocious away, but I mean, you got to give their defense and offense credit. They looked, I mean, they looked fantastic both games. So the defense to me was great. I had Kapelhoff and Mira in there and I had Dax, but I mean, I think overall they, they probably looked the best um, out of any double game week team we've seen all season. I think it probably depends on which game you were really shooting for. Um, for most of the the double game week teams, they went all out um, on the games you wanted to. You know, Seattle started a strong 11 uh, against RSL. Uh, New York City, you know, rotated against RSL, which a lot of people were disappointed. But then, you know, David Villa made up for it against I wasn't. Orlando. What's that? You weren't rooting for David Villa against uh, RSL? No, I wasn't disappointed. But I, of course, <laughs> I was disappointed with David Villa. But the result made me happy because we needed a win against a B team. I don't care. It's still three points. <laughs> That's true. Well, I'm, I'm glad very we were true. able to charitably uh, donate some some points to RSL. Very, very needy cause. Uh, yes, thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for generally, other than Sporting Kansas City putting up, um, you know, unless you happen to have Gerso. I mean, most of them, most of the double game week teams had at least like one big scoring game. So, except for Seattle and Clint Dempsey. <laughs> tragic. That was tragedy right there. Uh, I think one of the most unexpected outcomes, at least for me, and maybe you guys agree, is Montreal's just domination over Portland. 4 1, Piotti with a brace. Um, is, is this a hint of that maybe Montreal is becoming viable again? Or are you guys still going to be like, no, 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 let's not? not touch those get uh two things here um the early the semi-early red card really did hurt but we've we've been saying it all season portland is not the greatest team on the road and again they got caught in the trap of a road game thinking they were playing a weaker team and montreal hasn't played very well this season i haven't liked them at home at all lately but they came out to play and i think portland underestimated them a little bit and then you couple that with a red card to Chara, that just completely destroyed the game plan. So I don't think you can read too much into what Montreal did, but they did show at least that they can be competitive in this league again. They don't look like the one of the worst teams in the league right now, or at least not this weekend. A couple more I'm going to point out, and I'll let you guys just have the free-for-all. Dallas has fallen. No more undefeated teams. And they fell to San Jose. Is this... Is this a blow? And I don't want to steal your thunder for when we talk about it later, but is there some, are there some question marks around Dallas? Really quick, I just wanted to point out really quick about um, sorry about Montreal. Ever since they got um, is it Zamali, um, he has actually done very well for Portland. And uh, Skyler and I were talking, um, uh, I think last week when they brought him in for the for eight point five million. 
Um, that's an incredible price for essentially number 10 playing as a center attacking midfielder with, with Piatti on the wing. They've looked like a completely different team with um, Zamali in there. And I think that attacking wise, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with defensively. I don't think so much, but Zamali 8.5, keep them on your radar. Okay. And the last one I'm going to point out, this is all for you, Mike. You got your win. Zero to three, New York City. I know it, it. It was beautiful, wasn't it? I, I think the the main takeaway from this, and hopefully it's a takeaway for Vieira, is that Pirlo just can't play. Um, when New York City has, um, whether it's Herrera or this week with Mikey Lopez, they're much stronger defensively, uh, and they're creating better chances going forward because the forwards have the freedom to actually go forward. Particularly, uh, Maxi Morales has that freedom to go forward without worrying about having to cover for the space that Pirlo leaves behind because he can't backtrack. So um, I, I think that's a good sign going forward. Um, on, on the flip side for Orlando, um, since Kaká's come back, they've kind of fallen off uh, that pace. I, I think they're winless in the last five um, with only a draw, the draw against uh, San Jose to start off the double game week for them. So um, they're clearly having some trouble in midfield. Uh, I know some people are calling for Kaká to get the bench. Um, I don't know if they'll do that, but you know, going up to Minnesota, we've seen what their offense can do. Um, if you're having a midfielder that's getting overrun, Minnesota is not the best matchup for you. So we'll, we'll see if Orlando can kind of re- reclaim the defensive strength that uh, catapulted them to the top of the Eastern Conference to start the year. But uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed uh, Sunday night, especially the brace that kind of saved my fantasy weekend a little bit. <laughs> well, that's all I have. Any other games that you guys want to mention and general fantasy takeaways that you think are important for people to remember from this round? Anything from you, Calvin? Um, yeah, I mean, it seemed like uh, this round the rotation was a little bit more predictable. You know, like I went with uh, Dempsey over like a Via or a Benny just because I didn't think Seattle had the depth to do any rotation. But you kind of, you know, the the road game out of conference, you know, Via rested, Dempsey rested on the road, you know, Kyoto rested, even like Pontius with two games at home. It's, it seemed like it was... Uh, Teams are sort of settling in, and you can you can do a lot more prediction of who's going to play and who's not going to play. Yeah, that's a great point. Anybody else? Uh, Philly on a four-game win streak. Um, I think that's yeah. really interesting. Um, I mean, they, they were looking really bad, um, you know, having to kind of, you know, two of their only points coming in bunker games and West Coast teams, and they've, they've kind of really dominated the past four matches. Uh, I don't know if that's for real. Most of those matches have been at home, and they've had a few um, easy matches, both in terms of quality of opponent and getting people on back halves or double game weeks. But, um, you know, they have a big road test in Salt Lake this week, so so that'll be interesting to watch. Um, the other one that's really notable to me was a, a Toronto really deserving to win against New York Red Bulls, which would have been their seventh, but not uh, ending up doing it on an offsides call that was a little bit questionable. And then Josie missing the PK because everyone missed the PK this week. Um, Red Bulls seem like they're still struggling and, and Toronto, even without Giovinco, uh, looked very much the better team. So um, that's some things to keep in mind uh, looking at this week since we kind of have to go with some single game week players this week. Uh, just a fun stat to point out for the parity of the league. I think heading into the weekend, the top four teams in each conference, I think seven of them lost over the, of the eight teams. And Chicago was the only one to get their win. 
I think New York City came from outside with uh, Columbus being ahead of them. So I think it was seven of the top or three of the four in the East and all four of the top four in the West lost this weekend. Oh, that's nice. I hadn't looked at that. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys, for uh, helping us recap quickly the round 12 review. Now, moving right on into housekeeping. Uh, I hope you all who are listening had a a good round 12, either as good or better than we did. Because I, I think if you scored in that 100, 125, 140, right, maybe maybe 130 to 140 range, I think you're fine. Uh, I know the highest scores are up there. You probably dropped a few ranks, but that's a Solid score for this new transfer system. This this kind of a double game week, so you're good. You got a couple of weeks to rest coming up, so don't worry about it. Housekeeping. Speaking of double game week teams, there's one real double game week team this week, and then a couple of faux double game week teams this week. The real team is Dallas. They are playing the first game of the round and the last game of the round. But the other two teams that you're going to want to keep an eye on are Toronto in Vancouver. Why? Well, because this is the Canadian Championship semifinals coming up. So Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal are all playing a game on Tuesday, tomorrow, or today, depending on when Simon gets this posted. So for Vancouver and Toronto, there's a question that I'm going to throw out right now for you guys here to answer. Should people be considering these teams 180-minute teams? And if so, what are some of the concerns of rotation that you might see? Well, I, I think we'll, we'll see on the lineups, but I'm, I'm fully expecting Toronto to blow this match off. They're playing Ottawa. Um, they've had such a heavy schedule um, burden that I, I really think that they're going to have to rotate and rotate heavily. And since it's a lower league opponent, uh, I'm thinking that's going to be the case for them. Uh, for Vancouver, I think it's a little bit tougher. But then again, I think that the, their depth... Um, doesn't really support a whole lot of rotation. Plus, they're at home um, against DC this week. So I don't think it's a big problem for either team because I think most of the players you're going to want who, who are consistent starters are going to start, um, you know, because I think they're probably going to be rotated in the first game if they're Toronto or just play twice if they're Vancouver. So I don't think it's going to affect too many things. I mean, I think the bigger thing is if there's any injuries that, that get picked up in that game. There's also one team that's on a bye this round, and that is Montreal. So somehow they were spared the the rotations and potential risk or whatever it is that Toronto and Vancouver are having to stand. I guess that's just one more thing to add to Michael Bradley's list about the woes that have been piled upon Toronto this year. But Montreal not playing this round. Dallas playing twice this round. That's what you need to know as far as fantasy points are concerned. And then keep an eye on Toronto and Vancouver as far as the Canadian semifinals coming up. Uh, Next, of course, as always, Patreon. Uh, Please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash MLSFI. And um, Calvin, you you are a supporter of us on Patreon, aren't you? I sure am. Why and do I you love find you. that helpful? <laughs> um, well, you know, I've been hashing out my thoughts throughout the week on like uh, for a couple seasons now on the MLS Fantasy Boss chat. And, you know, I usually like to uh, listen to the podcast for anything I might have missed or for some other thoughts on players, you know, and from being a chat regular, I'm now in a number of leagues, uh, you know, here on Fantasy MLS, uh, as well as in draft and in another show league. And I mean, I've personally...
personally been a host to meetups and like audio before and I know it's not free and I certainly would rather, you know, kick a few bucks a month than have to like skip over advertisements. <laughs> that's a very good point. So, hey, guys, that's not for me. That's from Calvin, who is uh, on the show today and is a supporter of us on Patreon. So if you have a couple of extra dollars and want to kick them around someplace, feel free to think about the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. Uh, it's, it's fun. And uh, what do you think, Calvin? Do we have some pretty competitive leagues from the guys, at, people who play in MLS Fantasy Boss and at the Patreon League, the head-to-heads? Oh, absolutely. I use the, you know, the MLS Fantasy Boss and the MLS Fantasy Boss chat to really gauge like how I've done for a week, right? So, you know, there's the average score, but after a few weeks, like a lot of people will drop off. But if you're looking at like, you know, the the top 50 or top 100 for for those leagues, you can really get a gauge of of how you're doing against the the truly active and professional players. Excellent. So, Calvin, straight from the horse's mouth. Great. Now, speaking of some professional players who might not be quite as active, Mike, what kind of injury report do you have for us this week? Oh, I have a very dear injury report this week. Uh, start off some news from San Jose. Um, Wynn is back in training. Um, he had a heart surgery. Uh, I wouldn't expect him back um, you know, in the immediate future, but clearly he's making a, a return at some point. Um, I'm guessing probably after the international break that's coming up. Uh, let's see. Laba for Vancouver. He is suspended for yellow card accumulation. Uh, speaking of yellow card accumulation, uh, I'm trying to look in and figure out if Josie Altidore is suspended for yellow card accumulation. Um, but MLS's website's not cooperating with me. Um, but kind of double check that through the week if you're thinking about picking up Josie. Um, speaking of uh, red card suspensions, Calvert for Colorado. Um, he got a red card. Um, if you don't know why he got a red card, go watch it. It's really interesting. He was carded for not uh, entering the field properly. Um, some other red cards, Farrell for New England uh, received a red for a late tackle, and then uh, Diego Char for Portland uh, also received a red for hitting Piotti in the face. Um, some injuries, um, two out of L.A. Husidic is out four to six weeks with leg injury. Pedro has a hamstring problem. Um, they were evaluating him today. No word on what a timetable for that is. Ethan White for New York City left with a possible groin injury. Uh, Dunlady for Minnesota had a right groin strain. Uh, Pirlo left um, after the midweek match this week for a knee injury. He's supposed to return to training this week. It's not supposed to be that serious. And then Pommy Call for Dallas is out four to six weeks with a tear in his left knee. So those are the only... Um, Big injuries I saw. We also had Russ Knack with a hamstring, potential hamstring problem uh, last week, but he played, so he should be good um, going forward. And, of, of course, uh, Dom Dwyer uh, missed the match, as, as most of we've already talked about. So uh, I haven't seen a timetable on uh, when we should expect him to return, but that's uh, all I've got. Excellent, as always, Mike. Thank you so much. Now moving on to the round 13 preview, back to a game-by-game -game preview this week uh, because we don't have that many double games to go over. So, Blaine, kick us off. Chicago versus Dallas. So, you hinted at it a little earlier. Um, Dallas lost 1-0 last week to San Jose at home. 
which uh, I've heard a lot of talk. Um, Dallas isn't invincible anymore. They're no longer undefeated. They kind of got exposed a little bit there. And San Jose is not known for having the best attacking team. And they were able to break down this defense. So on paper, this looks like a great uh, great win for Chicago, a great matchup. But this is Chicago's fourth game in 12 days. Uh, they played the double game week, and this is a Wednesday game. So they played uh, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, and now they're going to play another Wednesday. And then they get a long break after this. Now, this last double game week, they didn't rotate very much. So that puts a lot of their guys in question on who is going to rotate, who may, who may play 60 minutes, who may only get 30, if we see a couple guys at all. Um, I really do think the defense here for Chicago is going to kind of stay the same, but I don't know what's going to happen up front. I'm not even going to try to predict this one. Um, I think Akam's got the legs to go for the full game, but other than that, I just I really do not know what they're going to do. You may look at McCarty for that one as well, but I think everybody else is questionable on whether they're going to get 60 or 90. Um so knowing that, uh, that does bump the value of some of the Dallas players, especially with this being the first, lay, uh, first game of a double game week. Um, right off the bat, I'm looking at Gonzalez and Acosta. I think any chance you get to take a double game week keeper, you really have to. I mean, no clean sheet, a couple of saves, and you're right back up there in the mix of what a clean sheet keeper can do. You may drop a couple points, but the benefit of getting that second game is worth it. And then Acosta at the price... Um, I think he's one of the guys that is fit to go 180 pretty consistently, and they did. I think they pulled him a little early this week, so he should be ready to go. And then I'm looking at defense for this game from Dallas. I think that's where your least amount of rotation is going to go. Um, Zimmerman and Hedges, I think they've both rested for one game so far this year. Um, I would re- so I I consider them going forward for this week. And then uh, Figueroa is on four yellows. I don't think he picked up his fifth this last weekend, so he's on four. So a yellow in the Chicago game would see him sit out the next one with the suspension. So I would stay away from him. Now, the only problem with Dallas defense is they're very pricey. But I see this game being a 1-1 game. Um, Not a whole lot going on here. I think if you're going to pick up some points, you're going to look for some defensive bonus points and maybe Acosta just doing what he does and get out of this one with a few points headed into the later matchup this week for Dallas. So you're not too worried about potential rotation then from Dallas? Not in the back. I am in the midfield, and I'm not, okay. uh, I, I don't even know how you'd predict that this week. Sure, sure. Well, Jason, let's hear from you about Toronto and Columbus. All right, so um, I think that, as we mentioned before with uh, – uh, the Canadian Cup or Canada Cup or um, Poutine Cup or whatever they do up there. Um, I think that even though Toronto is home, I still think Columbus takes this. Uh, I think it's going to be 2-1. Um, Toronto has also played numerous games in the past, I want to say two or three game weeks. I, I didn't see exactly how many, but I know that they've had quite a, quite a few <laughs> double game weeks, um, as has Columbus. But... Um, I think that Columbus gets it done, um, especially with, uh, you know, Giovinco being out and, um, uh, I believe it's, it was a Hagland, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. With Hagland out as well. Um, their defense has not really been that stable. Um, so like I said, I think it'll be two, one, possibly even two nil, um, Columbus, uh, I think, um, Maram and Ola 
take care of business. Um, and if, you know, I still think though that you can still pick up Edwards as a 3.9 forward um, just for a possible switcheroo or even just to get, um, you know, other players. Um, and then uh, Ricketts has actually been doing pretty good as well. I believe he's 5.1, but um, I still think that uh, Edwards would be the play um, for a Toronto player. Uh, question for you here. If Josie did pick up his fifth yellow, does that change your opinion of Ricketts at all? He's at 6.4 and as well. Oh, 6.4. Okay. Uh, Ricketts but, is? Yes. But if Altidore is suspended with Giovinco hurt, does that change any of your prediction on this one? Oh, well, I mean, if Josie is, if Josie is suspended, then I think it, then I definitely think Columbus takes it two nil. I don't think that, uh, Toronto have the offensive firepower for that. I mean, Ricketts, you know, did look very good, and he's actually put up a pretty good score lines the past uh, three games of a 11, 8, and a 4 with three goals in that span. But, um, you know, he ha- he played, let's see, he played 90, he played 51 minutes, 90 minutes, and another 90 minutes with the double game week in there. Um, I-, I still think Columbus takes it 2-0 if Josie doesn't play. Fair enough. I was really hoping for a second that you'd be like that negative one to two. That's that's what happens. <laughs> Calvin, first game to pick, and it's a doozy. Seattle versus Portland. Who do you think takes it? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about this game. I mean, uh, first off, like Diego Chara. If you haven't seen this, I put up a GIF on Twitter. This is about the stupidest red card I've ever seen. Like long after the play, he wanders over and gives a backhand slap to Piotti. I mean, I would love for the disciplinary committee to give him another game just for being so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in his place, you know, I don't know if they turn to like Olam or Okugo. Um, Like, you know, both of these teams are are really struggling now. like Portland, after starting off the season hot, has two wins, three draws, and four losses. And their last win was when Valeri left injured against Vancouver. Um, Seattle as well, um, even with a pedestrian win against uh, Real Salt Lake, have been outscored 8-1 to one in their last four, including that uh, Gerso hat-trick and being beat by the Toronto B team. Um, like... Uh, what what really is like what I'm leaning on in this game is the the last five Cascadia classes between these two have all gone to the home team and four or five four of the last five have been by two goals or more. I think this ends up staying with the home team and ends either two to one or three to one Seattle. I mean, they've been taking a ton of shots and haven't been finishing them, but I think they're they're able to get a couple through on Portland. From uh, one of the questions on Reddit was Valeri or Ladero, and for me, it's no question Ladero. Valeri hasn't been taking the corners like he was splitting them before he went out injured with Blanco or Guzman, and now it's been pretty much all Guzman the last few games. Well, Ladero is still on the the corners and the left foot set pieces fire a terrible shot i mean 
until Valeri shows that he's back or is back on a bunch of the set pieces, I I really think he's too high risk for the price. I consider him like a, like a Piatti. And, you know, I really like what, what Guzman has been doing this year, but I think he has too much to do without Chara in there, you know. In the in the back, there's there's nobody that I want for either of these teams. Like at, at one point, Joven was kind of scary, but I don't know if he was told to back off and stop venturing forward after he got like trounced in Chicago. And you know, in in forwards, you know, after after Dempsey missing that penalty kick, does that go back to Evans or to Ladero or to someone else? And Really, uh, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not sold on you know Adi on the road or Bruin or Morris. So I really think your only pick here is Ladero. Pretty solid. What do you contribute or attribute to Dempsey's struggles this year? Is it just that he needed uh, that hold up man so much more? Is it just too many big names? The style's not working. Is it is it age? What do you think has been his problem? Um. Really, I think it's been a little bit of formation more than a little bit of like injury. Like uh, for me, I, I think Dempsey is best with with someone else who can draw attention. Like I think he looks a lot better when they have Morris up front making like making smart runs rather than rather than Bruin or having Dempsey up front himself. Um, you know, he's been he's been passing the ball pretty well and has been like coming back and getting you know a few recoveries and other things but it's just you know i mean how many how many times did he hit the crossbar this year is i'm pretty sure he's leading the league in that like i I think it'll come for dempsey it's just so high risk reward that you know i i it's at at what is he 9.6 right now it's just not worth it that's fair Mike, Vancouver versus D.C. D.C.'s been struggling. Perhaps this is a little bit of a softball pitch for Vancouver since they have that that uh, Canadian game this week. Yeah, it's certainly nice, you know, when you're coming off a, a midweek match, uh, you know, on the cop against an MLS opponent to play D.C., who's barely qualifying as an MLS opponent these days. Um, yeah, and it hurts me to say, you know, Patrick Mullins, but I mean, nothing is working. Um, in fact, if you watch the clip of highlights from the Chicago DC match, um, most of the highlights are Nikolic misses, misses, and then one shot from Patrick Mullins that wasn't even really close. Like that, that's how bad DC was at home against double game week team. Um, I, I think if you're going for anyone in his, I, I think it's all Vancouver, you know, pay attention to the Canadian um, championship just to make sure you know no injuries pop up but um, I, I'm looking at really most of your players here as being uh, pretty good options um, I, I think you can do anyone on defense um, even Osted at, at, at 5.4 because I think I think they have a good clean sheet shout uh, Parker at 5.1 um, you know good cheap defender he's been really hot um, past three weeks he's got scores of 10 4 and 14 uh, then in the midfield, um, you know, Lob is suspended, but uh, Bolaños, uh, 8.5 is a little bit pricier, but still pretty cheap considering some of the other midfield. Um, and I think he has a lot of potential to get assists in this game considering how bad uh, DC's uh, defense has been. Um, you know, you can go Montero up front. To me, 8.9 is a little pricey for what he's getting you, but, um, you know, 
if you really just really like this matchup, uh, I certainly think he's viable. Uh, DC really just makes everyone viable the, the way they're playing right now. Worst in XG. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're anyone from Vancouver. Uh, I don't know if you would anyone would consider touching DC, but don't cross country. So I would predict um, two nothing of Vancouver here. Very nice. Okay. Blaine, the Red Bulls are taking on hosting New England. Uh, usually this has been a pretty good game. How do you think it's going to turn out this week? I think this is going to be another good game. I I really like the way New England's been playing this year. And I know this is a road game, but they're not too far from home. I see this one being a they put up a good showing in this one. Um, but Red Bulls at home, other than the L.A. game, have looked really good defensively. Um, their offense has been a little lackluster, but you're, they're facing New England without Andrew Farrell after that red card. So that really changes the complexion of this game. I really do think this one is primed for goals. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and predict a 2-1 to the to the Red Bulls for this one. I just I don't think New England can keep the clean sheet on the road, and they're going to give up a couple of them. But I, I really do like New England's attack and the new formation this year. I think they're going to find a way to get one and spoil the clean sheet. If you disagree with me on that, uh, you got to look at Aaron Long for one of your defenders for this game. I think that's going to be. I think even even if they give up a goal, I think he could be one of your better defenders this round. And then your two mainstays in the middle. You got to go with Sasha Kleschen and Lee Wynn as potential options this week, just for the way their teams play and how big of focal points they are. Uh, you may look at a Royer or Moyle for uh, the Red Bulls at their price. They've been doing well, and when it's not one of the big name players, these two guys have just come out of nowhere and really stepped up for this team. And they, if you're expecting a couple goals from New York, I expect at least one of them to come through one of these guys. Colorado versus Sporting Kansas City. Uh, the defense that was versus the defense that is. Jason, who do you think is going to come out on top? Well, um, sad to say, I think this is going to be a, a snooze fest. Uh, lackluster um, attacking on both sides of the ball, um, considering they're both heavily defensive teams. But I think uh, Sporting Kansas City takes the win on this one, uh, 1-0. Um, I just don't think that Colorado, they just don't look the same. Um, I mean, we, we know that they don't really have um, much offensive firepower. Defensively, they you know, they were the fortress that was last year. But when uh, Axel got injured earlier this season, their defense just not has looked the same. And then they traded, um, was it Miller to Portland? Um, or Watts, or I forget who they traded. They traded somebody to Portland um, that it was kind of a head scratcher, and uh, their their defense just has not been the same. Um, I don't think they get it done offensively, and I know that uh, uh, Sporting Kansas City is without Dom Dwyer, but I still think that they get it done. Um, like I said, one nil, and the uh, the three players that I have for this. Uh, game are I think Madranda is definitely one that you need to have just because he's listed as a defender 5.5 and he's attacking I really like Opara as well he gets up on set pieces um, he's an aerial threat and then um, if you're not going with the double game week keeper in Gonzo I think that um, Melia is a great option um, to keep a clean sheet this week and before Reddit uh, gets at us it was a uh, Cronin and Birch to Minnesota in that Colorado trade, Jay. 
<laughs> gotcha. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I thought that Portland didn't Portland get somebody from Colorado. Not this year. Yeah, not not not, uh, not that I remember. And to Speaking be fair, Colorado, I, I think it's pretty, back. I don't I think, I don't think it's I pretty safe to assume either. at this point that those trades are to free up cap space for with hope and attacking move, but uh, they didn't get it in this last window, so we'll have to wait longer for that. Uh, so you think they're going to score a goal? Is this going to be uh, a fail hopper goal, or do you think that uh, Gerso is going to get another one, or is that just up in the air? You don't want to make a guess. I actually think that um, it's going to be a Madranda to um, Opara. I don't know how that's going to happen, but it's going to happen somehow. Oh, a defender goal. Well, quite the prediction indeed. Calvin, Minnesota versus Orlando, two interesting teams. How do you think it's going to turn out for round 13? Right. Uh, Orlando being brought to you by the because MLS of wacky (laughs) schedules. Uh, Five of their first seven at home, which were all wins except for a road loss in Columbus. Now with this game have four of six on the road and, you know, are now on their, what they had a double game week last week, a single game week and a double game week before that too is then, you know, they get three in a row at home with an international break and follow that up with three games in nine days in Seattle, Chicago and RSL. Why? You know, because MLS, right? It's, it's really hard to nail down who you're going to see from Orlando. Like uh, outside of Sutter and Laren, there, there hasn't been too much consistency. Uh, Will Johnson has done four of the five. And then there's some kind of battle going on between like AHA and, you know, who's coming back from injury and now uh, Pereira, a new guy they brought in for a couple of weeks while, uh, while Redding is gone. Like uh, Orlando too is is of course still a, a really different makeover from last year. You know, people will point to like the defense, but the the really big change to me in Orlando is the overhaul of uh, Carlos Rivas. Like last year, I remember he took every terrible shot imaginable, and this year he has uh, five assists off some very pretty crosses. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. Minnesota, on the other hand, again, it's like, you know, the trade that uh, that Jay and, and Mike mentioned have been close to turning it around, but haven't been able to put it all together. Like, one thing that they need to learn is do not let Christian Ramirez defend set pieces with an own goal in their last two games. <laughs> it's like, okay, just get him out of the box, put him forward, and maybe he can put it, you know, he's been putting it in the opposition goal, too. So, you know. Just stand um, at midfield and wait. Yeah, exactly. Just, just, yeah, stop trying to play defense. It's it's not your expertise. Um, since that Birch and Cronin trade, they now have, uh, they now have um, two wins, a draw, and four losses. And since Cronin and Ibsen have settled in together, they're two wins and three losses, and they're not, like, hemorrhaging goals. All of those losses have been by only one goal. Um, with what Mike mentioned too, Don Lottie is out, which I imagine will allow Venegas to slot in in his place. And 
Hopefully for me, if if you want someone in this game, it's going to be Kevin Molino. I, I like him out at the wing with a little bit more freedom to take on people and cut in and make things happen rather than trying to be a, a false 10. So hopefully they slot Venegas in the middle and, and push Molino back outside. I see this game. I like Minnesota getting it two to one. Like I think between Kaká, Rivas, and Laren, there's there's enough talent to get a goal. But you know, when you're unstable and you've been playing that many games and you're not playing together, I, I think it's still a recipe for disaster on the road. Um, back to front, you know. Again, I I don't. I told you I don't really think you know who you're gonna get with. Orlando, you know, there's also a battle between PC and Toya. Um, from a bonus point perspective, I like Calvo on Minnesota, but at, at 5.9, he's still a little bit too much for me this week. Um, if you're looking for someone cheap in midfield, Ibsen has been playing box to box really well and is usually good for like recoveries and a passing bonus. But again, the the only one to look at is Molino, but he's another one of those guys like uh, like Valeri or Piatti where it's kind of all or nothing. You're either going to get like a goal or two or you're going to get like two points. So. Solid. I like that. I like that tip with with Molina. It would be nice if he would pay off once for me. This if I if I take him, but I feel if I take him that it's just not going to pay off for anybody. So we'll see what happens. Uh, normally at this time for an RSL game, we have Jason speak up, but uh, you know we're rotating some today. So uh, Mike, RSL versus Philadelphia. What's the potential here? The potential is Yura. Yura. I mean, his name is Yura. And no, we weren't amazing. having Jason talk. <laughs> <laughs> Yura, 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 Yura. Oh, I, mean, I, I, have, I figure I had, had to go uh, the, the homage route. Uh, yeah, this is the two, two interesting teams. Uh, we mentioned earlier Philly has a four-game win streak, um, but now they go on on the road, which is a much longer you know trip than they had. Uh, you know, their only road game in that four-game uh, win streak was to, to DC, which is you know in addition to being a short trip, is barely a trip to an MLS team at all at this point. So um, I think this is going to be really interesting. RSL, you know, managed to get the win uh, at New York City this week, um, and I mean they did. Even though New York City played a mostly a B or C team, uh, they still did look really good doing it, um, particularly with uh, Saverino. Uh, he was rotated in the second game, but he's 8.5 forward, um, got bonus points for uh, fouls against and an assist. Um, if he plays, I think he, he could be a really interesting option um, going forward. Um, I, I I think some Philly players are options here, like Minajan in. Uh, I think he's shown the consistency that you can pretty much pick him up any week and expect a, at least a decent four to five points. And with RSL's defense uh, still struggling, uh, I, I certainly think he has an opportunity for goals. But the player I'm really looking at uh, this week um, from this match is, is, is Rusnak. If you look at his uh, totals for home games, they're really, really good. His, his last few home games are 13, 5, 7, and 16. So Rusnak really likes being uh, in Salt Lake. And so I think, you know, playing an Eastern Conference team that has to fly across country and Philly's defense has had some issues, you know, before this win streak. I, I think those issues crop up again. Uh, I think RSL wins this one, uh, 2-1. Um, you know, Rusnak's a great fantasy option. You have some differential picks in Minujan and uh, maybe Saverino if you're looking uh, really bold and differential, but um, I think those are your main guys. No one on defense uh, except some of the cheap Philly guys if you're looking for maybe a switcheroo. 
So if I had been uh, on point, I would have given you the New York City game, Jason. But I didn't. But I, I want to hear you talk about San Jose and L.A. instead. Yeah, so, uh, Mike, by the way, thank you. Severino, great pick. Rusnak, also a very good pick this week. Um, San Jose versus L.A., all right. Well, um, I'm actually looking at all my picks so far, and I have the away team winning every single pick. Um, I think L.A. wins this game 2-1. to one. Um, Is GDS for real? Uh, he scored three goals in three games, equaling 25 points. And he had a gorgeous goal last week. Um, and then uh, Alessandrini, he has two goals and three assists in three games, tallying 33 points. Um, LA has played their last two games away. I'm sorry, they played, uh, yes, was it away? Yeah, they played in New York and then in Minnesota. Um, and they've, done extremely well on the road and now they're away in the California Classico against San Jose. So I really do like um, LA to win this. It seems that LA is hitting their form. Um, so the players that I have for this are the two that I just mentioned, Alessandrini and uh, Giovanni Dos Santos. I think that both of them um, could have another explosive week. Hmm. Very nice. A lot of away love there, Jason. I don't know how the stats have been supporting that decision, but you do like going with differentials, don't you? Yes, sir, I do. Rustneck last week, prove it. Bam. (laughs) (laughs) All right, somebody else who was bam last week, Atlanta. This week they're taking on New York City. Blaine, how do you think that's going to turn out? Uh, There's going to be a lot of goals in this one. Um, I know New York has the what best de- second best defense in the Eastern Conference right now uh, uh, by goals, but yeah, Atlanta's offense is still way too powerful. I'm ignoring defense altogether here. I mean, for fantasy, I'm hoping for a four-three, four-four game. I don't think Whoa. we're quite going to get that, uh, but I can hope. Three-two um, to New York is a little bit more realistic in this one. Um, I can see Via getting another two. Um, Morales will be involved in this game. Um, I'm not sure who broke it down for us and how to pick between Harrison and Wallace. So I'm going to let somebody else fill that one Andrew. in. But, yeah, Andrew had a great theory for it, depending on how the defenses play, take one or the other. I can't remember that theory, and I'm horrible at picking these two. So I just kind of stay away from them. But, but either one of these two would be good. Just pick the right one. So Andrew's then, breakdown was if you want to, if you have a defense where uh, they can be exploited by speed, then Wallace is your guy. If you have a defense where you want someone with a bit more technical ability to pick them apart, then it was Harrison. Unless, unless that's wrong. I, I think that's right. Mike, is that right? I mean, that, that was definitely Andrew's theory. I'm not quite sure I agree with it um, because I think Jack Harrison does have a lot of speed himself. And so, you generally, Jack Harrison is better against the technical side, but I, I think discounting Harrison just because, um, you know, speed isn't needed doesn't quite do justice to to his skill set. Um, I mean, Wallace does do better against the speed, so I mean, like, it, I think it's a good general rule, but I think you can kind of overstate it if you're like, oh, well, I need a speedy attacker. Jack Harrison is garbage this week. Sorry, Blaine, I interrupted. Atlanta, who do you like? Uh, no, I was. I appreciate that. Um, Atlanta, uh, Almiron. I mean, if you're going to look at goals, and if New York's going to give up goals, Almiron's going to be involved in some way. 
Um, you could take a punt on Assad this week. He has shown the, his ability to get in there. But um, I really like Gressel if you're going to go with the second guy from Atlanta this week. Uh, I think he's got a goal in his last two games. Or he's been, but he's been lighting it up. Uh, I think he's finally finding his place. And at the price, I mean, even as a late switcheroo candidate or something, I think he's really got to be in the lineup at that price. So, yeah, 3-2 uh, to New York this week. Yep, he has a goal in each of his last two games. And uh, compared that to Assad, who had two assists last time and then a, a red card a couple of games before that. So he, uh, he knows how to get involved, too. And finally, take us home, Calvin. Dallas versus Houston. Another big, big game. And another game brought to you by uh, Because MLS Scheduling. Um, Houston, with the wacky schedule this time, they played seven of their first ten at home and are now finishing up three in a row on the road um, after they come home for half of a double game week and then have one on the road on each side of the break. Um, you know, in their in their last three road games, they've also been getting the beat down and have been outscored eight to one. And like, you know, uh, even though Elise was said to travel, he wasn't in the 18 for either game. And, you know, it, beyond being not being at home, Philadelphia kind of put forward the blueprint for beating Houston, right? Like, don't beat yourselves by letting Alex open you up with, you know, counterattacks or, you know, sending long balls down the wing, like make them break you down. The same thing can kind of be said about FC Dallas. Uh, San Jose kind of put it out there. Make them beat you. Like uh, last year, this wasn't a problem. And earlier when you had, you know, Castillo and Barrios as a threat down the wing and the playmaking skill of Mauro Diaz, um, Lamar and uh, past his prime Javimo are, are just not the same players. Um you know, since since falling out of the CC of the Concacaf Champions League, Dallas has been pretty workmanlike. Uh, three wins, three draws, and just the one loss. And you know, a bunch of those, five of those seven, have been at home. But their last three at home are to a draw to Portland without Valeri, a draw to NYCFC, and that loss to San Jose. Like this is this is another one where it's it's again I'm really not sure who we're gonna see from either team this week. Like after after Houston was was taken apart by Philadelphia, they put Beasley and Wenger on the wings, and you know again with FC Dallas, you know I'm I'm more concerned, and I'm really glad we get that Chicago lineup because. You know, playing at a conference, I think they could do what they did when they were, uh, I think it was against Sporting Kansas City, when they ran out all the kids in preparation for for that CONCACAF Champions League game. And we might not see, like, any of the regular starters or maybe, like, you know, uh, Zimmerman and Figueroa at center back with, you know, a, a bunch of people still resting in Chicago. You know, it's kind of match rest with rest, the the Chicago run downside with the Dallas run downside. I, I think Dallas has, has learned their lesson and they're going to be paying more attention to this game. And I see it as a as a 1-0 win for FC Dallas. Um Fantasy standouts. Um, I don't really want anyone from Houston. Like there are, you know, uh, 
Alex still has a good price point, but again, you know, he's it's it's still a road trip, and there's still better options around in that seven to eight range. Um, really, the fantasy standouts to me are going to be what does Dallas look like in game one? You know, is do you see the Gonzalez, the Zimmerman, the Acosta, and your Rudy, or is it just going to be like? Gruezo, Tesho, and a bunch of people who might just sit in game two. So, hey, not a bad strategy. We've not been afforded that luxury the past few weeks uh, with having the double game week team early on that we can still make some picks last week. Uh, so, it works. It works. Thank you, everybody, so much for those picks. I hope those of you listening found that useful. Now we're going to get straight up to the player recommendations. Uh, first, Keeper. Jason, who do you like? It has to be Gonzo. At Dallas. All right, Mike. I have the same Gonzo. Calvin? Um, I have Gonzo, but if they run out the kids, I'd uh, take a flyer on Lampson. Blaine? Uh, Gonzo as well. Wow. It happens sometimes. Mike, who do you like in defense? Uh, right now, I have um, Vincent and Youngworth in a switcheroo. Uh, and then I also have uh, Hedges and Elliott. Calvin? Um, I have, you know, the FC Dallas center back du jour, Zimmerman, because he's a little bit cheaper option and gets the same amount of points. And then I have Long and Parker planted in there. Oh, yes, Parker. Blaine? Uh, I've got Zimmerman. I just don't, I don't think he can pass up that double game week, and I really do think he gets at least the 60 and 90. And then I've got Parker and Harvey from Vancouver. Jason. I have a Zimmerman, Hedges, Madranda, Opara, and I have Parker in as a switcheroo with Dempsey. Wow. Full boat. Blaine, who do you like it forward? Oh, sorry. I skipped over the midfield. Calvin, midfield. <laughs> Midfield, I like uh, Lodero, I like Sasha, I like Rusnak, and you know if he's playing both of them, I like Kellen Acosta. Blaine, midfield. Uh, I've got Ladero, uh, Morales, uh, Acosta. I really do think he's going to get both those games. And then, weird one, but Tachera from Vancouver. That's not weird at all. Jason? Yeah, I like that to share a pick. Um, I have Alessandrini, Molino, Ladero, and Acosta. I think I'm sensing who captains may be. Mike? I have Rusnak, Ladero, Bolaños, Molino, and Acosta. And now, Blaine, your forwards. Uh, Arudi, Villa, and then Montero. Oh. I like that. Um, I have uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, and then I have, like I said before, I have Dempsey and Parker in a switcheroo. Mike? Just two, uh, Rudy and Dempsey. And Calvin? 
Uh, right now, it's, again, it's it's all about that lineup. I have Yerudi and Akam. And again, I could look at a switch. I'm also looking at uh, Ricketts. That oh. could pay off very nicely. And finally, the captain pick, Jason. Well, it uh, when I made my team, it auto-picked to Ladero. And um, with the Cascadia match clash, um, I think Ladero, he, he has to do better than he has the past game, right? So right now it's on Ladero. Um, somebody please try to sway me away from that, though. Mike? Uh, I'm not the one to do it. I have it at Ladero. I, I really like the matchup with Portland without its defensive midfielder. Portland's a bad defense generally. Um, without their defensive midfielder and Chara, they're even worse. So I, I really like Ladero this week. Calvin. Uh, right now it's on Kellen Acosta for the uh, high floor in the double game week. But if he's out of there and like the kids are playing like I suspected, I really like uh, Sasha Kleschen at home in that four one three two. Interesting. Blaine. I'm in the same boat as Jason. I've got it on Ladero, and his uh, points per game is just too strong not to keep it there. Um, unless Acosta is going to get both games, I think that's the only Dallas player I could really pick over Ladero. And I'm looking for a reason not to pick Ladero, but I think with, he's got a 7.1 points per game average. If he Even if you do the 1.5, he's going to get the double-digit mark, and it's really hard to turn that down on a captain. Well, I think Calvin just gave you guys two reasons why. But we'll see if you have a reason why Blaine and Jason should not Captain Ladero. Please send them a tweet. Uh, they'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you, especially if you want to give them a nice little ribbing as well as your reason. So thank you guys so much for all the picks that you've made. And I hope everyone who is listening finds it helpful um, for the game that kicks off on Thursday this week. Uh, that should have been something we mentioned at the top of the show. Thursday kickoff, not a Wednesday kickoff. So one extra day. Hooray! All right, community time. My favorite part of the show. The r slash fantasy MLS top score of the week goes to Christian Nascent, uh, manager of hate to wait That's H-8-T-2-W-8-T. So thank you for that. Uh, with 168 points. Congrats, man. That's an awesome score. The top score this round was 175, so that was quite close indeed. Moving on to the Patreon League. Uh, Blaine's friend, RJ Gage, is back on top with a record of 8-1-2. and two. I was not sure if we would actually see a draw the way the scoring and, and transfers have traded changed this round but uh rj gage has one eight one and two puts him on top but calvin and i are actually second and third right behind him uh, and that's just based on points he and i each have a record of eight oh and one very tough very tough and then finally the mls fantasy insider hosts Head-to-head -head league. Uh, Andrew is still on top, uh, but it's just based on points. I am very close to him in second. Uh, fewer than 20 points separates us right there with our record. Uh, I think we're 8-0-2. Uh, and 
two or something like the 801 I, I don't remember the off the top of my head but we're very close just based on points both of us lost this week so that that helped me greatly <laughs> uh, speaking of losses i i was served up a loss by blaine 135 to 143 so well done sir you you earned that one uh jason you had a very tight game yeah um myself and a uh, philip uh Litchford, um, it's a great game. Uh, ended up uh, hedging it out by 146 to 142. Um, David Villa came through in the clutch, uh, got me a brace, which in turn won me the match. So, gracias, David Villa. Oh, muchísimas gracias. That was horrible. That was horrible. Uh, speaking of horrible, Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football First took down Fantasy Football 24 7, 145 to, wait for it, 58. Uh, I think Fantasy Football 24 7 had a little case of the Weebies this round. So 145 to 58. Good job, Ivan. Uh, Tim over at Soccer Captains took on Andrew. Crawlard and thank you, Tim. He beat him 141 to 127, still keeping me in the running for first place in our league. Simon took on Guy and lost 106 to 145. Mike, this is your game that's next. It is my game. It's my only green arrow of the week. I beat Ben Bear 123 to 115. Very nice. Very nice. And then finally, the highest scoring game in our league this time. Uh, Andrew Weeby versus Travis Luscombe, 100 to Andrew Weeby, 165 to Travis. Well done, Travis. Nice, Trav. Maybe you made a transfer this week. Not sure, though. Poor Travis. Next week, See, I- having that 165 best score in the round and having to use it against the taco. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he got 100 points, so he might have been tough this round. You never, you never know. Um, Calvin, any other head-to-head leagues that you are in that you might want to point out right now? Uh, you know, my head-to-head isn't doing as well as my other leagues. I mean, when they decided to randomly, you know, after the fact say, oh, by the way, some of these head-to-head leagues are going to count week one. That's kind of plunked me down into the 50s or 100s, but, you know, where I'm top 10 and pretty much everything else. So, yeah, head-to-head is screwed. It's called humility. Humility. And, and for the record, Weeby did not make. For the record, Weeby did not make a transfer this week. So yeah, um, fantasy football twenty four seven. You got outscored by fifty points by to a guy who hasn't made a transfer in like a month. <laughs> <laughs> Suck That's it, England. Cocky. That's just cocky, right there. Is what it is. Wait, so actually, it, wait, wait, wait. One point before that, their okay. their score was less than Weeby's by forty four points. <laughs> <laughs> exactly forty four. <laughs> Ouch. Well, coming up next round, round 13, Phil is taking on myself, and then Ivan is taking on Blaine, Tim is taking on Jason, Simon is taking on Fantasy Football 24-7, Ben Bear is taking on Andrew Crawlard, Andrew Weeby is taking on Guy Sanchez, congrats on your win, Guy, and Travis is taking on Mike Denton, so bring the pain, Mike, see if you can uh, make Travis regret his high score last time. That's all that we have for the show today, thank you to everyone everyone who came out and to all of you who are listening guys you have anything you want to plug before we go mike um well uh, i realized that this past month that uh, Amos injury news has been uh, around for, for a year 
we have over 900 followers. So I just wanted to say uh, thank you, everyone who's followed me and um, you know given me injury news. Uh, certainly appreciate it, and thank you all so much for the support. Happy birthday, MLS injury news. Yeah. Uh, my punts are typically out uh, on game day around noon Eastern time. Thank you all for the reads and for the feedback. And for the other punts that you guys do, it's interesting to see the differentials that people bring in week in, week out. Um, so thank you guys very much for that. Give me a follow on Twitter at J-J-A-Y underscore M-L-S-F-I. Do it. Blaine? Yeah, I've been toying with the idea with my best 11, so I'll plug it here. Um, I've been keeping that to the $100 million budget flat. And I didn't know if readers wanted me to go ahead and up that, get a little more realistic with where everybody's at, take maybe 103, 104, get a little closer to where the pack is to try to stay relevant there. Or if people like that, just flat 100 million and have to make some of the hard decisions to build that roster. So hit me up. Let me know what you guys think on that one. And Calvin. Um, only thing I'm working on right now is kind of a crossover article that's either going to go up on uh, Medium or Mind the Product that talks uh, product strategy by looking at uh, DraftKings strategy. You know, also just again, you know, thanks for having me and wanted to give a shout out to uh, the chat regs for uh, giving me lots of ideas and you know helping me helping me be a top ten player for now. Oh, one what one more thing too, I forgot to mention, guys. Um, extremely important. Um, TK wanted everybody on this podcast to know that he was very excited for Wando's goal, and um, he's probably going to have him in his team this week as well. So, just wanted to throw that out there. Fanboy TK loves Wando. And of course, you can check out everything I do over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. You can check it out over at at the official MLS Fantasy Tips site with player picks near the end of the game week. And you can also hear me on SiriusXM. I frequently hop on the United States of Soccer and talk with Jason Davis. Sometimes I even mention Mike Denton's little uh, injury news. So hopefully some of those new followers helped out with that. Uh, if there's anything MLS fantasy related to it, then I'm interested in it, especially if it can be posted on Reddit. And that's a great community that everyone needs to check out. So that being said, good luck. <laughs>